Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Knowing You podcast. I am your host, Jessica Smith, and I wanted to welcome you to today's Thanksgiving and gratitude episode for 2022. If you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see I have a little bit of a different setup. Instead of sitting at my desk, I'm actually on the couch, mainly because I wanted to show you guys the Christmas pillows that I just bought. Uh, I told myself I wasn't decorating for Christmas because I'm moving in about a month, but then I was like, mm, Maybe we'll just decorate anyway, because I walked into Costco and saw these pillows and thought they were so cute. <laughs> and today's episode is kind of going to be a year in review, things that I've learned, maybe some hopes for the future, and we're just gonna let the episode kind of lead itself. I do have an agenda of things that I want to talk about, and I have an idea of things that I want to say, but unlike the last three episodes where that had a clear agenda with a clear goal and objective uh, and takeaway message that I wanted to send. This is just kind of be a more like real kind of talk. Like I'm in your living room and we're chatting and we're both sitting on this couch together. A year in review, 2022 has been such a wild ride. Uh, this year began in January as all years begin, <laughs> but I was still continuing to work at the University of Virginia Center for Behavioral Health and Technology. So I was still at my research center at UVA and I was continuing to lead data analysis and manuscript writing and all of these wonderful skills that they had taught me in the last like three and a half years or so. So I was still working there. I was in the midst of applications for my clinical psychology PhD programs that I were applying to, and I was also the president of the University Salsa Club at UVA. So I was actually president my fourth year, so 2020 to 2021. But as we know, uh, the <laughs> there was a big event that took a big toll on a lot of different plans. And then finally, as like the vaccine came out and things were opening up last year, or this past year as well, because you know, school years go from fall semester to spring semester. I was then the president again. And this was only because everyone else who was part of the University Salsa Club, who was in my class, were all graduating, of course. I mean, I graduated as well. But everyone was leaving the Charlottesville area except for me because I accepted a job at UVA. And because of COVID, we kind of lost touch with a bunch of dancers. And there was no one who met the qualifications under the CIO Constitution to serve as president. So I decided to take on the responsibility and rebuild the club post-COVID, which was a whole adventure. Um, I ended up, luckily, with the help of my executive board, of course, and my really close friends, uh, we were able to rebuild the club from our exec board of like seven people to a club of nearly 200, which is incredible. And I couldn't have done it without their help. But that was essentially what I was doing at the beginning of the year. That's what my year looked like. And some exciting things with that was that my friend Maggie, who was serving as social chair at the time and instructor with the club, she actually taught me to snowboard, which was something that I've always wanted to do. And it was awesome. So I actually, the first time I went snowboarding with her, ended up buying a snowboard, which is really funny because if you think about like the expenses for buying a snowboard and what it costs to do a winter sport, it's not the cheapest thing ever. I went one time and I was fully invested. I am kind of an all or nothing person. So if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. And I wanted to have the proper clothes to go again. And also like while it's convenient to do rentals, especially if you're traveling 
learning a new snowboard and skis of probably I don't know I don't ski so I don't really know much about skiing but I'm sure it's similar where learning a new snowboard is really time consuming and it gets tricky and the idea to me of uh like learning a new snowboard and like getting used to the feel of a a new and different snowboard every time was not really appealing and then I thought about rental costs over time and I decided to invest in a snowboard and I used curated to do that and it was nice because I got to do like a little quiz and answer questions of like this is what I want out of my snowboard this is what I want to do with my snowboard and I was able to get some like a real human to help me pick out a snowboard he gave me a bunch of different options um and then we narrowed it down to three And then we talked it out and then I ended up picking a snowboard. So I learned to snowboard this past winter, which was so fun. I went all the time to Wintergreen. I also went to Massanutten a few times. And then I also went to Snowshoe in March. And that was such a great time. And not only did I kind of fall in love with winter. Well, no. (laughs) I am a huge summer girl. If anyone knows me, I always complain about the cold. I love summer and I really don't like cold weather. But I only really like cold weather and snow if I'm snowboarding. But snowboard has had me really appreciate winter more. And not only that, like going, I mean, winter green, mass nun and snowshoe in West Virginia. Like these are not amazing, you know, life-changing mountains, of course. But, you know, as someone who's never snowboarded or skied before, because my parents don't know how to do either of those things. So experiencing that for the first time and going over and over again, I really got to see creation from a different perspective because again I've never done this before and I just fell in love with creation all over again each time that I went and I picked up a sport that I think is really cool I'm actually going snowboarding in March for my spring break and I will vlog that on my YouTube channel if you guys are interested in following and joining me on that but that will be such a good time I'm going to Brian Head Resort with my high school friend Nancy anyway so I learned to snowboard this past winter and along with what um, coincides with what I was doing for work and research, I was able to present at my first in-person national scientific meeting, also known as a conference. So I went up to Baltimore and a bunch of my research center faculty were there as well. They always go to SVM, the Society for Behavioral Medicine, and I got to present a poster there. And it was my first conference ever that I had been to. So it was really cool to see what exactly goes on with a conference. We traveled to Baltimore for SBM and I got to present my poster, as I said, but I was also able to listen to a bunch of different talks over the span of a few days from professionals all around the world. SBM is a huge national conference, but there's also an international presence too that I wasn't expecting. So that was really awesome. And I was able to learn a bunch of different things and I was able to see like what exactly a conference looks like. And I had a blast. It's a really good networking opportunity as well. So I was trying to see if there were any potential mentors that I was going to apply to for the PhD program in the event that I didn't get in to any of the places I applied to. Luckily, I did not have to worry about that. I ended up getting it accepted into the program that I'm in now. But that was a great first experience because uh, the year before, we had submitted an abstract for my distinguished majors honors thesis. And I did a little presentation talk recorded spotlight that was posted because the conference was virtual so because it was virtual I didn't necessarily like attend any talks or like watch any videos I get zoom fatigue really fast as I'm sure everyone else does from the past few years but 
I was able to submit that and that was a really good experience as well. I kind of learned how to put an abstract together, what exactly goes into an abstract and like what exactly is most important for an abstract. That was a wonderful experience. I got to make this video, which was really cool. It's actually up on my LinkedIn. So if you are watching on YouTube, down below in the description box, there is a link to my LinkedIn and you should be able to find it. So I made that video, which was really cool. I was able to bring my film skills back since I had taken a hiatus from YouTube since starting college. So that was a really good experience. But going in person is a whole different playing field and something that I really enjoyed. And I have here that I also attended my first international scientific meeting, and that was in September. So not that long ago, I flew up to Pittsburgh, and they UPIT hosted the International Society for Research on Internet, Inter Internet Interventions <laughs> Conference, also known as ISRI. And again, that's an international society, so an international uh, conference. So there are people from Australia, Europe, South America, like Asia, like so many people from all over the world came to flew in, uh, came and flew in to the conference. And it was incredible to see the work going on all over the world. And my favorite thing about this conference is that it is a digital health conference and finding digital health at like Society for Behavioral Medicine, for example, it was kind of a challenge. Like, yes, we use technology in our everyday lives, but digital health is still a booming field. So to be able to be at a conference that is solely focused on digital health, which is what my research interests are, specifically in a cancer space, that was great and I left feeling really inspired got some ideas for a dissertation uh and just grants that I want to apply for and all of those things so that was a really really good time and I was able to rekindle with my research center after leaving about a month and a half prior to start my PhD program so that was such a wonderful time lots of growth in my professional development over the last year that's a great segue into my next point, which is I started my PhD program in August. I moved to Richmond. I settled in. I've adopted two kittens and, you know, life is great. <laughs> I have no complaints. Uh, the program is challenging me in different ways than I would have expected. And I'm learning a lot of different new things. So I, for example, I'm in a class where I have to learn how to give an IQ assessment. It's like nothing I've ever done before. I've thoroughly enjoyed the program so far. I've been really impressed with the faculty here and I really love my advisors. I have two because I have my clinical advisor and then I have my research center advisor, a research, sorry, not research center advisor, research advisor. She's in the Massey Cancer Center. So I meet with her relatively frequently. We're actually going to narrow in on my master's thesis topic in the next week or so, which is really exciting. That's been really cool and definitely a new chapter in my life that God has opened up. And on the topic of God, of course, the next bullet I have for my year in review is that I've grown in my faith tremendously. And what does that look like? What does that mean? And, you know, being a believer, your faith journey looks different with every season that God has put you in and what chapter he has you serving out right now. And it's always something new and it's always an adventure and it's never boring, but it's, you know, it's always constantly keeping me on my toes. 
And when I say that I've really grown in my faith, like I, I mean, I have a few examples of things that I've learned this year that I want to go through with today's episode. I started going to church after I came back to my faith, which I go into complete detail. If you are interested and haven't listened to my very first episode on my testimony, I encourage you to do so if you want the full story. So came back to my faith, started going to church again. Um, I sat by myself for two years because I wasn't really aware of what church is supposed to mean. I wasn't really aware of what relationships were or what community means. And I sat by myself for two years. I thought church was something that you went to, you lis- you worshiped, you listened to the sermon and you left. Didn't really know what it meant to live in community and fellowship with other believers. And what's even crazier is that because I sat by myself for two years, no one on the pastoral team or staff ever really encouraged me to get involved. It was really interesting. You know, that was kind of me not understanding like what community and what fellowship is supposed to look like. I've seriously grown in my faith now that I know the importance of community and relationships. But I would say like in those two years, like I, of course I believed in Jesus and I loved him and I wanted to get to know him more. But I would say that I didn't really fully understand the gospel until about a year and a half ago. So really understanding the gospel, really understanding why Jesus came and what mission he has for us now that he has ascended into heaven and has given us the Holy Spirit. So completely different turn and understanding as to what life as a believer is supposed to look like. My first bullet here on my notes um, I have of things that I've learned this year are God's character and his love for me and for others. And I have learned this through a multitude of resources, like going to sermons at City Church Charlottesville, joining a life group, and just reading. And that's not just my Bible, but other books as well. I actually want to talk about this book company called Alabaster, and they've written this book, Fruit. So let me back up. Alabaster is a Christian book company, and on their website, if you go to their About tab, they talk about how they believe God's story is beautiful, and they wanted to create something as beautiful that would help with reading the Bible. So they have a bunch of different books in the Bible that they've published with different graphics. And I actually have a big book of the all four gospels that I am starting to read through all over again. And it just really transforms a reading experience. The Bible can be really overwhelming to someone who, you know, hasn't grown up reading it and having the visual aid is something that's really helpful. It breaks it down so it's not just a bunch of words on the page. And the imaging is beautiful. Like Alabaster's done such a good job. And they've uh, produced this book called Fruit, Flourishing with Fruit of the Spirit. And the whole purpose of this book is what does it mean to bear this fruit today? So fruits of the Holy Spirit. This book is meant to refresh and refine our understanding of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I was reading this and the first one that they talk about is love, of course. You know, they start with the Bible verse, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this love, God made manifest among us that God sent his only son in the world so we might live through him. And that's in 1 John 4, 8 through 9. This was a particularly striking paragraph to me or sorry, verse for me. And, you know, someone who has started to come back to her faith and really try and understand God and really try to develop a relationship with him, really knowing his character is 
so important. And I would say the number one fundamental step in being a believer and trying to begin your relationship with him. Because a lot of the time, you know, we have all these questions and I consistently have questions as well that are popping up that I'm continuously searching answers for. But a lot of the questions that come up commonly are, if God created the world and he's so powerful, why would he allow like all of these bad things to happen? Or why do bad things happen to good people? And all of these really great questions. And a lot of that has to, and I have these questions being anti-God in those 10 years when I walked away from my faith and understanding the answers to these questions really comes from knowing God and his character. And something that's helped me a lot is like I mentioned life groups and that's City Church Charlottesville's little phrase for a small group, but instead of everyone coming together and because a lot of small groups are Bible study focused, which are great, of course, but this life group has a little bit of a different spin to it. And typically the leader will, of the group will talk about the sermon or, you know, if the Holy Spirit leads them to talk about a different topic, you know, bring up that and then bring it up in scripture and what that looks like. And then just having everyone share life experiences that are related and, you know, helpful to understanding God. So I really loved that approach to learning who he was and the couple that led the life group that I was part of in Charlottesville were absolutely wonderful. And they are happy to answer any questions anyone may have because, you know, understanding God is a process and it's a journey and it's not going to come easily. Like you really have to seek and desire him and to get to know him. And again, that comes with knowing his character. And Doug Webb, he wrote these books and They're called God on Trial series. The reason I loved these books so much, I actually, the first one, when I sat down to read this on the lawn in the shade on a summer day, I read the whole thing in two hours, start to finish, cover to cover. I just could not put it down. And it's actually relatively short, I would say. Let me open it. Yeah, the acknowledgments begin on page 157. So it's 150 pages. So it's not that long. It's just so easy to read and understand. A lot of theologians, not that Doug Webb is a theologian, he's actually a pastor um, and he's a life group leader and an author, but just in general, like theologians or those that are writing about God typically have books that are really difficult to understand and they're really hard to follow. And if you don't know the Bible cover to cover, it's really tricky to follow and you're not really sure what's going on. But something about these books is that they are so easy to understand and to read. And it, again, like as someone who's really relatively new to faith, reading this was a breeze and it answered so many questions. And what I love about these um, as well is that the design of the book is for Doug to walk you through answers to some of the questions that I posed earlier such as why do good things happen to bad people? If God is all powerful, why would he allow such horrible things to happen, etc.? And it starts off with the question. It starts off with what the, and then it follows with what does the Bible say and goes into an interpretation and analysis into answering those questions. These books, again, super easy to read, super easy to follow, and it's scripture based. So you know what's being said in here is true and the word of God because he takes it directly from the Bible. So if you are new to faith or even if you have been 
reading the Bible since you've been born and you've been raised as a Christian. I really encourage you guys to read these books. That's something that I really recommend and what's helped me grow in my faith this year. And on the topic of God's character, something that I learned that when growing in faith is that when it comes to understanding God and the world and all that's happening is that God is good. It's said in the Bible more than enough times and you can tell by his creation and his careful crafting of the earth and all that comes with it, like how beautiful it is and his intentions for the world. And they're, it's very explicit in all of the scenarios and stories throughout the Bible. Here's another verse for you. We have the popular John three sixteen through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. A lot of people feel judged when they come to God, or they feel that he's constantly trying to pick you apart and think of ways to judge you and ways to shame you. But that is a lie that you're being told by the devil. If you read your Bible, if you listen to the scripture that I just read to you, that is not what the Bible says, and that's not who God is. And understanding that there is an opposing force trying to pull you away from him is another important fundamental step and something that I learned as well. And not really until I got into this life group. They don't talk about spiritual warfare and that's a whole separate podcast episode that's coming to you um, soon that I want to go over and go into detail. So I won't go into too much detail today, but like there is an unseen world that we are fighting against. It's Ephesians 6.12 that what we are fighting is not flesh and blood, but spirits of the unseen world. There is a constant battle each and every day to follow Jesus. A lot of people feel like, oh, like, why does it feel like a battle? Why does it feel so hard? And it's because that it is and that there are imposing forces trying to pull you away from him and ultimately lead you to death. If you look at John 10.10, these are words from Jesus. He says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So if you look at the horrible things that are happening in this world and you read this passage, you can understand that God is not behind the horrible things that happen in our, in our world, that he only wants you to have a rich and satisfying life. So that's the end of my soapbox on God's character for today's episode. But I did just want to bring that out and that understanding this and understanding God's character really has allowed me to grow in my faith in the last year and for me to walk closer in light with Jesus. And another thing that this year has taught me is the importance of kingdom friendships. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And I wasn't really sure what this meant when I first read this, but I absolutely love my friends. And that's, you know, whether they're believers or not. But I would say that my friends that have brought me closer to my relationship with Jesus that have made me want to look and model my life like Jesus even more are the ones that I want to spend more time with. So I have a really wonderful best friend named Lily, and I really hope to have her on an episode coming up in the future. But I want to have her to talk about kingdom friendships and what that looks like and how we can really value our time and fellowship and lead us closer to Christ. And just some other verses that I want to go over about friendships. 
This is Proverbs 27.9 and Proverbs 12.26. Friends give pleasant, sincere advice, seeking our highest good. Romans 12.10. Friends honor each other above themselves. John 15.12-13. Friends love each other the same way that Christ loves us. And Proverbs 27.17. Friends challenge each other to meet the highest good. It's pushing each other towards Christ which is what you want. You want, again, iron sharpens iron. You want someone who wants you to continue to chase after the Lord, who wants you to continue to model your life after him. And kingdom friendships is definitely something that's helped me in the last year. Another thing that I've learned this year is to trust God. And this is for so many reasons and for so many ways. And if you want me to talk about my PhD program has taught me to do this and my career has taught me to do this. You can go ahead and listen to my second episode here on the podcast. I go into great detail and I won't really go into that today. But um, the examples I have today are with finances. A lot of the time, you know, we struggle to be faithful. We struggle to trust God, especially with something as tangible as money. We are money driven creatures, which is really sad. And, you know, scripture says that the love of money is the root of all evil. If we are to that point where, you know, what we want to say is, oh, if only I had a little bit more to do this, or if only I had this, we are not in a healthy place. And that's something that I've learned. And, you know, growing up in a lower middle income class, not really having a lot growing up, it's, you know, something that I was taught was, you know, you go to college, you get a degree, and you have a good job so you can support yourself and make money. But that's not ultimately what the Lord has set our purpose to be with our temporary time on earth. Because when you think about it, when you die and you go to heaven, your money doesn't follow you. So it doesn't belong to you. Everything that is here sitting in front of me, my microphone, my computer, these Christmas pillows, the camera, none of this is mine. It all belongs to God. And we are currently on temporary assignment here on earth trying to help share the gospel, and fulfill the mission that Jesus has sent us with the Holy Spirit. So all of this is temporary. We are on a temporary mission. This is all temporary. And ultimately, none of these physical possessions matter. So really learning to trust him with our finances, because it's all his anyway, is something that has brought me a long way over the last year. And I have three examples of this, actually. I was really struggling to pay bills at the beginning of the year. And a colleague of mine at UConn reached out to me saying that her graduate research assistant quit. She got a new opportunity and she quit and she needed a graduate research assistant. And I was like, are you asking if I have time? Are you asking if I would love to do this? Because the answer is yes. She was able to pull some strings. And by me saying that she's able to pull some strings, I really mean that God worked, you know, as he always does. And he was able to convince the UConn department chairs that it was okay for her to hire externally and not within the department or within the university to get a new graduate research assistant. And that was luckily me. And I was able to earn additional income for the first half of the year. And that was incredible and really just remaining faithful and trusting him in his plan. And that scenario was something where a you know, it bared fruit. And you can see that you just have to learn to trust. And it's really hard. I'm not saying that it's easy because it's not by any means. But when you see that he is not going to bring you this far just to leave you, it is 
easier to trust him and it's easier to walk in light with him and to surrender to him. Another opportunity that I had with related to finances where I saw him working is that in June, I had already signed a new lease for Charlottesville because I thought I wasn't going to grad school again. More details in episode two if you are not familiar with the story. But the apartment was going to be like $400 more, maybe $500 more, maybe even 600 with utilities every month. And I wasn't really sure how I was going to pay for it. So on Facebook, I posted that I was interested in helping out some families that when I wasn't working for my full-time job and I'd be happy to help. And this wonderful woman responded and I took care of her son for two hours once. And she goes, you know, I'm actually in need of a family assistant, would love your help for 15 hours a week or so. That was incredible. I couldn't believe that within the first two hours of knowing me, she wanted me to be her assistant or her nanny to help her with her four-year-old and 15-month-old. Like She just absolutely fell in love with me and really wanted me to help out. Again, with the whole it's not easy thing, it wasn't easy. I had to shift around my work hours at CBHT. Luckily, I was working from home. I was working from 7 a.m. to noon and then going to her home from noon to five and then picking up the rest of my hours because I, I was billing eight hours a day. So I were working the remaining hours after that. And it was tricky, but God provided this opportunity and, you know, I was seeking him. I was seeking these opportunities out and he provided and I was able to get to a place where I felt stable with my income, which is something that I've actually struggled with this year and that I've learned to overcome this year by just trusting him. Babysitting now is another opportunity that he's provided me and another example of this. I signed the lease for a very expensive apartment that I currently live in that I'm moving out of in December. It was really close to school. It had the amenities that I wanted and it was walking distance to school and it was in a relatively safe area. And everyone's moving in the summer because they want to move before school starts. So rent is insane. I wasn't really sure how I was going to pay bills. I was just like, oh, it's like, you know, most of my stipend is just going to have to go to rent and I'm going to have to figure out the food thing later. Like rent is number one priority right now because I need somewhere to sleep. Again, I posted on Facebook that I was looking to help out a family. And this family that I found is absolutely incredible. They have a nine-year-old boy and he's the sweetest guy ever. He has a concussion, so he's not able to do a lot of things that nine-year-olds like to do, like play basketball and go to rock band camp and do all these things with his friends. So I spend a lot of time with him. I pick him up um, from school nearly four days a week and we play Uno and board games and we go kayaking and doing all of these things. I help them, you know, take him to his therapy appointments. It's been wonderful. Like I've bonded with this family and I've been able to help them out, which has been a complete blessing to them. And I also needed, and I still do need the money. So it's been a wonderful mutual relationship and we've been able to bless each other and it's been incredible. God provides opportunities and he provides, you just have to trust and believe in him and that he will. And again, he'll know with the desires of your heart. Again, it's been tricky, like, you know, being really anxious about, well, am I going to be able to eat? Am I going to be able to pay bills? And he, again, is not going to bring you this far to leave you here. Like I knew he was bringing me to Richmond for a reason. And I knew that I was signing this apartment for a reason. It was kind of a last minute, like month before I was 
moving here had to sign a lease like it was the timeline was crazy but I knew he was going to provide and he was going to work as he always does that's just such an important thing that I've learned this year and helped me grow in my faith and this kind of leads into fruit of the spirit with you know learning to trust and learning to be faithful learning to trust and learning to surrender learning to trust and learning to be patient you've probably heard this before but if you pray for patience god will provide you an opportunity to be patient and again another example of this is admissions with my phd program he really does listen and he's there for you a lot of people sometimes have a misconception that when you pray it's just going into thin air or that it's just disappearing or that whatever you say doesn't matter but our words matter and our prayers matter and he listens when you pray for things that will bear fruit or things that will help you live out the fruit of the spirit like patience like he's going to work whether you pray for something um, or an opportunity that will be in according to his plan or not or his will or not that's something for you to work out with him but it is something that he will do he will provide seasons of waiting test faithfulness and that you know you could be waiting for anything you could be waiting for a new job you could be waiting for admissions to something, whether that be a program or residency or whatever, just seasons of waiting, waiting for God to bring you that person that you're going to marry into your life. Like these seasons of waiting really test faithfulness, but this is where growth happens. This is where you really just need to seek him first. Matthew 6, seek him first in everything else. Seek him in his kingdom first and everything else will fall into place. Like you just really have to, again, go after him and he will take care of you. God's goodness comes from also knowing his character, which is what I talked about earlier. It's just been a really big theme over the last year in my faith journey. It's just really getting to know who he is and what he's about. And it's been absolutely incredible. And I'm really hopeful for the future and the next year. I'm really hopeful for what he has in store. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. And I was talking to one of my friends about this the other day, like, he put me in Richmond for a reason. What that reason is or what those reasons are, are to be determined, to be announced, if you will. And I'm still figuring that out. I'm still praying about it. I'm still seeing like what he wants to do. Like God uses people. And I want to, I'm really excited to see like how he's going to use me in the next few seasons here. I think that's a really good segue into our um, wrap up for this episode. This year has really had a huge impact on my faith. It's had a huge impact on my professional development and I've gone through a lot and I've learned a lot. And, you know, there's one common theme throughout this episode and that's trusting God, knowing God, chasing after him and what that looks like. I really hope that this is something that you yourself want and that you are desiring. Pray that he would fulfill your empty heart with love. I feel that he would mend any broken heart that you may have I pray that your mind would be still and I, that any anxiety or fear that you may have surrounding his plan for you or his character be released in the name of Jesus. I really do know he is good and he has a plan for you and he wants to be there for you and he wants a relationship with you. So if you just seek that, he will answer. Like scripture says, those who seek me will find me. Like he is not hiding. He's completely visible and he's completely open and he just wants a relationship with you. I pray that this helps open your heart about this. Thank you so much for listening and for watching if you're here on YouTube. I've really gotten to enjoy 
making and creating and producing this podcast. And I'm really excited for the new episodes that are going to come the end of the year and next year. And I'm really excited. Please let me know what topics you want me to cover. I'm also going to have more guests soon. I really loved the episode with Allie. I hope you all enjoyed it. And if you haven't, please go listen. It's about healthy relationships and boundaries. And it was a really fun episode. Hope to have my mom on here sometime soon. Like there are really good plans for this podcast and I'm really excited about it. Thank you for listening and for watching. I hope you have a wonderful and happy Thanksgiving and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.